What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Dusty Dines Podcast, Episode 2. Today's host, again, is TJ Plotter and Mike Warfield. What's going on, TJ? What's up, Mikey? How are you, bud? Uh, not too bad, man. Not too bad. So, little things I definitely want to touch up on, definitely on this podcast. But uh, I think the biggest thing I want to talk about is these men's league all-stars that we have in the Valley. Because, <laughs> God damn. They're everywhere, man. They're in the Valley. They're up here in Lancaster County, man. I tell you. So I would have to say there's always like uh, that one guy I would say on every like all-star or not even all-star, but every like men's league team that either thinks that he is Alex Ovechkin or it's the 99, you know, the great one. Or we have like the goaltenders that have like the $4,000 pad set up but can't save a beach ball. Those <laughs> kill me. Okay. So what would you say is probably like your biggest pet peeve when you see like some of these all-star guys? I, I, my, my biggest thing is, I mean, everyone's got to wake up and go to work the next morning. You know what I mean? And you, you get these guys that come out and think that, you know, like you said, they're Alex Ovechkin. It's game fucking seven every time we play. And it's like, dude, you're living the dream for what reason? What are you living the dream for? Uh, you know, to get another half pound tape around their ankles again the next game. Oh, you know, it. and it's just you know, and uh, to, to touch on it, you know, I, I I play in the over thirty five league up up near me, man, and it's like it, it's ridiculous. Like I've I've had two of our guys, you know, Tucker and Keyshawn, came up and watched, and it's like it, they see it's a joke, and you get these guys just going around. Just, just fucking tomahawking you in the ankles, tomahawking the sticks, knee on knees. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Can I uh, actually bring those two up again? So I actually got to watch them play uh, in a men's league tournament this past weekend. So Keyshawn and Tucker uh, were on our junior A team, and now they're 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 still playing juniors. I'm not gonna say where, but they're still playing juniors. Um, so anyway. They're on our junior A team this past year, and they're playing this weekend. And let me tell you what, they won the only championship they've ever won. And let me tell you, it was a men's league. I think it was like either a B league or a C league tournament. (laughs) And they had this one guy, he called himself King Allentown. And let me tell you, he sells harder than anyone in the league right now. Like I'm talking the show. The king king is the, he's, he's a fucking beauty. Like, he's the only one that I will say that I respect as a men's league all-star. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, but, like, I'll tell you what. The Sellies is the reason why. He's an all-star. Yeah. And he talks so much shit. It's hysterical, though. Like, you can't help but laugh at Like, I I never really laugh at the guy because, you know what I mean? Like, we call him no-neck, right? But it's just because this guy had his neck fused when he was a young kid. So, anyway, he grew up with that issue, right? But when he plays hockey, man, he is hands down the funniest guy to listen to. Like, just listen to him talk shit. And then when he scores a goal, man, he goes 130% on his sellies. Dude, I, it's funny, though, that you say that about the sellies. Like, when they had open hockey before our practice up in Lehigh, he knew we were watching him. He'd score a goal, and he'd skate up to the window and do the John Cena, you can't see me. <laughs> well, you remember, and he, you, you do that right off the bat, man. You got my respect. I, I could care less. <laughs> On top of that, he wore like a ten to fifteen pound weight vest, 
Oh in, yeah, I, I remember that. I'm like, I'm like, what is what is this guy? He's like in the fucking Shield in WWE. Like, what is this guy? Oh man, the best part is I think he did bring like a WWE belt a few times. So good for him, man. King, I respect you, buddy. But uh, yeah, so let's Keyshawn Tucker. They won their first uh, championship yesterday in men's league, and it was absolutely hysterical. Just because the team that they played against, it was like they absolutely hate each other. And, of course, the other team that they're playing against is pretty much my team that, you know, I played for. And um, I respect every one of those guys on that team. So it was a really good game. But the way that in men's league, you'll always have a coach, you know, per se for the team. And we always have this team called Sam and the Guns. They don't like losing. So they're going to stack the hell out of their team. And they bring this one guy in. Um, He used to play in the ECHL for a few games. And he played in the Fed a lot. Um, but he's a phenomenal player. And, of course, you know, he has two Genos yesterday and basically wins the game. The way that they win the game, TJ, right? Yeah. So the teams that were playing were the Red Wings and Sam and Guns. Red Wings are actually winning. They, they literally get the uh, go-ahead goal with, like, the last 58 seconds left in the game. Eight seconds left, they come down and they bury it to tie it. I think it was maybe six minutes into the overtime period. You know, uh, the really good player from the Fed comes down, score short side, they win it. But pretty much he had two Genos. If they wouldn't have had him, they probably would have won that game. And, you know, Tucker and Keyshawn were probably all jacked up. They went back to the apartment like, Phew. dude, they, they, I shit you not. They called, this is how funny it was. Is <laughs> They sent a picture in a Snapchat group chat. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Then they called me <laughs> and they're like, they're like, hey, coach, uh, what are you doing tonight? What time does the fight start? And I'm like, uh, like seven. They're like, oh man, you know, we're, we're just, we're just trying to find something to do. You know, we just won a tournament. And I'm like, okay, man. Like, uh, I just got back from the Poconos from the weekend and, uh, I was spending some time downtime with my family. <laughs> they were yeah. jacked. They were jacked up, man. And I, I mean, good for them. I, 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 I applaud them. Good for them. Yeah. Now, Keyshawn. Do fucking, now do it in junior hockey for fuck's sakes. Yeah, and uh, Keyshawn, I'll tell you right now, get rid of the tin advisor. That's all I got to say. Hey. That's all I got to say. That's the visor you gave me that I thought was a tin advisor, you dick. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's not my fault. I got a pack of six, and I didn't know three of them were dark and three were clear. All right? Just so happens I took two of the clear ones, and you got three of the dark ones. I don't know what to tell you. All right? But, uh, yeah, no, so it's great just because I, I love men's league. I, I'm not there to really, you know, fight people or go out of my way to hurt people. I'm there to have a good time, but you yeah, will man. have those guys there that try to slew foot you, get a little jabs, and you just laugh at them because, like, bro, you can barely skate. Like, well, going, simmer going, down. Back, going back to that, the whole men's league, and this – it's a little short story that I – you know, how I met the king is – I think it was like two years ago. I I got asked, you know, one some guy I know is like, "Hey man, come play at Body Zone," and I'm like, "All right." And I ended up showing up. I took Landon with me. Landon was in the penalty box, and uh, go out first shift. I score like two goals the first shift. Second shift, I go out. Some guy tries a knee on knee me behind the net. Right? I was, eh, you know me, Mike. I don't put up with shit. I literally nope. grab the guy, beat the piss out of this guy, grab Landon, and left. And that was the only time I ever played a body zone. And the king of Allentown was actually on my team at the time. Hey, good thing you didn't leave Lanny back there. That would have been a bad day. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> leave him with king. That might be a child abduction I, charge. I, I don't know. know. I know. It's just that that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, it's just 
just go out and get a sweat on. Play hockey. I mean, if it's competitive, it's competitive. But don't be a fucking dick. You're not getting paid about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right with that. But, like, I mean, every single you'll have a team that has a guy that's always like that, no matter what. Even, in the, like, the one team I play for, we have a guy that, you know, you can tell him don't take a penalty, he'll take two. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. But, um, you know what I'm really – like, I'm actually pretty pumped for the stadium series coming up. But, like, I'm really curious with, like, that whole Malkin incident. You know when, like, he took the baseball swing at Mikey oh. Roth's? Yeah, I, I wonder if there's going to be a little, you know, I wonder if the Flyers going to respond to that incident a bit. I, I, I honestly think, you know, after watching uh, the Flyers game last night and how Simmons went after Matha right off the bat, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably going to be the case, especially with the atmosphere of, you know, being in the link in Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe fly, Eagles fly. That's all yeah. I got to say. So I, I, I Super think Bowl that, champs. I think that's that's gonna be I think it's gonna be a really, you know, competitive game out outside, outdoors, and it's it, it'll definitely be a redemption for Philadelphia to get back because they're only six points behind now in the standings for the wild card. Yeah, and the only thing is we gotta stay out of the box, man, because you gotta think about it, you gotta worry about Haglin, Malk, and Crosby together. They're just such a great lineup and yeah. you got good goal scores from the back and I mean the, I don't and, know. And the, and the thing is, is like you said, the power play, man. Listen, I'm a diehard Flyers fan, but I'm not going to be an asshole and say it. But you can't let Crosby out there on a man advantage. Guy, best player in the world. Yeah, and listen, I'll tell every Flyers fan right now, you can hate the guy all you want, but if you had him on your team, you would love him. Oh, and exactly. I'm a diehard Flyers fan. I love Claude, but I swear to God, if I, if I could see that too as a duo – Oh my God, I, I'd I'd pay anything for that. Good God, that's like chocolate and peanut butter with me, guy. Back, to oh. you know it. Oh, buddy, <laughs> pastry boys coming back. <laughs> so, Mike, I'm really curious though because we haven't had a stadium series since God. What was that year? Twenty? Was it 2012? I think was it was 2012 at, at Citizens Bank. Yeah, I think so, but. And then, I mean, we played pretty well for that. That was our first game outdoors. Yep. So, I don't know. It's going to be fun to see because, you know, it's always a good atmosphere, the outdoors game. It's always fucking cold, which is an absolute nightmare. So, hey, bundle up. But at least this time around, it shouldn't be too bad. No, I think I think if they set the tone early, again, I, and this is, this is any hockey, you know what I mean? If you go out there ready to go, and I think, you know, like I said, the atmosphere, how it's going to be outside at the link, it's going to be, you know, the guys are going to be jacked up because they just can't – they can't go out there and bust their load the first period. They got to they got to put the whole 60 minutes together. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And the biggest thing is, like, you, no matter what a lot of teams or some players look at it as, like, oh, you got to win the first 60 minutes, but you got to break it down over the first 20. And they got to worry about it in, like, the first shift and, you mm-hmm. know – you just battle off shift after shift after shift. And you, I love watching teams when they are down like a 3-1 or a 3-2 and like, you know, they send their third or second, third liners out. You don't really need to send your number one guys all the time because just send the guys that really want to grind and work. You guys yeah. have guys that dump and chase and just are a pain in the ass, you know, and if they run that 1-3-1. That's a phenomenal system in my opinion. Oh, hands down. Hands down. I mean – that one three one. If you have that number one guy that four checks absolutely his balls off, and they cough a puck up, boom, you're back in. 
scoring Absolutely. opportunity right away. So I'm curious if Flyers going to implement that this year or actually this coming seat or I'm sorry, this week. Um, but who knows? Who knows? But uh, I would actually I'd say is probably growing up, who would have to be like your inspiration or like your biggest uh, influence to play hockey? Um, did you ever have someone like your family or like you ever watched someone that really was like, well, I wouldn't be like him when I grow up or like I want to play just like him? I actually I, I, I actually had it was I'm going to say three. I had three people. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll say you know I'll I'll go out you know like my I, it was my grandfather my uncle my uncle Barry and my dad and and uh, my grandfather actually was the one that got me started with hockey like playing wise is we had a we had a creek behind my grandparents' house and my grandfather would go down in the winter time check it every morning and he's like hey let's let's go skate he got he's the one that got me literally on skates started playing and then my dad my dad and my uncle both you know kept pressuring me and pushing me to play hockey you know my uncle would bring me down to his house every summer uncle Barry would bring me down to his house summertime wintertime and summertime I'd go out and play inline hockey out in the streets with the guys and then they end up fucking quitting because it's just you know I would score so many goals and and like fucking my uncle still talks about it this day men's league all-star folks yeah yeah, you know it and uh my dad my dad actually got me involved back during the summertime is uh playing inline hockey with with him and his and his friends like I was 16 years old playing in the adult leagues Fucking so I, it, yeah, it was it was a good time, you know, my in playing with my dad and you know, watching my dad play hockey, you know, with his son. It was it was pretty cool. My mom and my brother were there and uh that that that's my real inspiration and to this day I my, my grandfather passed away, but you know, my my uncle and my dad are still huge in the hockey now and my uncle has, you know, season tickets to the Flyers and I go with them all the time. We always bullshit and that's that's basically what i want to do with my kids you know what i mean is is get them playing hockey i'm not going to push them to be a dick but i'm going to push them to you know do something and work hard like we talked about the first episode you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely and i i completely agree with that and it's like you don't really need to like kind of force your kids what you want or like what they want to do but like if you just kind of guide them and see what if they really love the sport and it's it's funny because i watch your kids man and you know, you really tell Lanny and Brady do truly love hockey, besides the WWE as well. But uh... oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's fun. It's I, I think WWE's got like a, a little percentage more, but it's you know like you know Landon Landon likes the Flyers, but he's a huge Sharks fan as we all know, and it's yeah. it, it you could see it like he likes watching TV, he likes watching them on TV, he likes going to the games, and you know, it, it, and I I love that, I respect that, and it's. It, it's great for a father to know that both his boys want to play hockey. That's all right. That, that's literally awesome to hear too, man. That's one thing that, you know, I don't have the opportunity to, to really take advantage of that yet. Cause I don't have kids, but Hey, that might be a good thing on my end. I mean, you, you know, you know, you can borrow mine. So <laughs> the one thing that I will say is like, you remember what, like when you grew up and you watched Gretzky and stuff like that, um, yeah, 
would you basically say like in comparison to our NHL now and the own and the like his NHL, uh, would you basically say that he could put up the same amount of points, same amount of skill level back then as to now? Or I I'm sorry, or do you think, you know, his enforcers had a lot to do with that, like Marty McSorley, um, and John like Semenko? Yeah. I would I would say I, I'm 50-50 on this. I, I really am. You know what I mean? It's because, yeah, I, I think those guys did have such an impact on what he did on the ice. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at the NHL now, how Gary Bettman's making it fucking soft. You know what I mean? You got to figure it like, who really goes after Crosby? Yeah. No, who, who, I mean, who no one really after, does. Who, who goes after McDavid really? Lucic and what? He gets a, a five and a ten right away, and who who's protecting the rest of the game? So yeah. I I think that's why I said I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I'm torn, but I think if Gretzky in his prime played now, it, it, it would be. I, I think he really would because you look at the size and average size of these guys. The, really, the forwards are, you know, five eleven, six foot, six foot one. What's Gretzky? Five ten. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's and he always. He always found a way to get somebody the puck or found that open space. Like he says, you know, he always envisioned where the puck was going to be. So I, I, I think he could. I, I think he could put up, you know, 80, 80 to 100 points in the, in the NHL now. That, that's my opinion, though. So, I mean. But you also, have to, you have to also put in retrospect, too, is like the goaltending has changed so much. Yeah. And – a lot of his goals were really like on the ice and like he was making like the simple two deep moves. Like he didn't really have a crazy toe drag. He didn't put anything really between his legs. He didn't do anything like insanely fancy as like, you know, you can watch like Ilyas Pedersen and like, you know, he has phenomenal hands. Connor McDavid, he can literally as go as fast as he wants and then put the brakes on and just make a yeah. goalie go one way. But like goaltenders now, it's like they're so responsive of like tracking the puck and kind of watching where your chest is going or where your hips are going. Like they just have so much, like I wouldn't really say like education, but just so much training behind them now compared to what they used to in back in the day. And that's where I think I could really argue this a little bit. It's just yeah. goalies have changed so much. It would make it a lot harder for him to score. But other than that, I, I can agree with you where like Gretzky could probably put up the same amount of points. You know, if not, I could see him going at least 50 to 60 easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. You know, it's and like you said, there's nobody, there's nobody that you know really goes after anybody anymore. You know, and to touch on this subject is, I saw yesterday on Twitter like Dan Dan Carcillo got pissed off mm-hmm. because because two guys just you know beat the piss out of each other, and he's like, oh, this is what the NHL turned out to. No, it's if you look at, it, they're trying to take fighting out of it, and you know there's not really a fighter on any team anymore. But I'm glad you brought this up. So like, that's kind of where I wanted to kind of push this towards to the mentality of the guy that has to fight or has to stick up to the, for, you know, your team. So my biggest thing with this is, you know, he's saying like, all right, well, this is what the NHL is turning to, but that's his opinion. That's what in his mind, that was his entire role. He didn't like, he didn't go to bed at night thinking like he's a hockey player. And 
I'm sorry, you can't look at the game like that. There's situations that, yes, fighting needs to be implemented to, you know, basically it's code. In hockey, there's code. And it's the unspoken rule that if someone does something dirty and it's not called, you're going to have to answer for it later. And I'm sorry for Daniel Carcillo. I respect you as a player. I enjoyed watching you growing up. But you took on that role in the junior age and – you took it into the professional level and you were good at it, but um, you kind of started to realize like these guys are starting to get bigger and bigger and better at fighting. Like even Evander Kane, he's not like the biggest guy, but he can throw. But that's and... that's the thing. I let me interrupt you there. That's yeah, the go thing. ahead. Like, is I I said to Adrian last night. I said to her, I go, I I was like, what the fuck is this? I read it on Twitter, and she's like, yeah, that's that's what you know what they have guys on the team for. And I, I, I go, I disagree with you. Like you, you name one fighter on the flyers right now. That's meant to go out there on the, on just the fight. You can't. No. And you, you can't say to, Wayne Simmons. You, you can't, can't say, say Wayne. Cause, Cause the guy puts up 30 goals a year, basically. Yeah. He, but he changed his style of play. Yeah. And when he first started, he was like the type of enforcer, that, you know, if you do something dumb right away, he's coming after you. Don't get me wrong. He'll still go after someone to protect them. But he truly is a goal scorer or a playmaker now. I mean, Absolutely. he's he's a. Set- I, my biggest thing with that is like, if he's a second line forward, just let him be. Let him. He doesn't have to fight, and that's the whole yeah. thing with a lot of teams now is like they don't have a lot of fighters. I mean, Milan Lucic and you know, um, I'm trying to think of. I really can't even name a big fighter. You can't. You yeah. Can't. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean. I, I mean, if you think about, like, the boogeyman, you know what I mean? So, like, oh. he was, like, Derek Bugard was the epitome of, like, fighting. Like, you no one wanted to fight him. He was just Even a house. Oh, Even Riles, Kote. man. I would Riles never go with Riles. I played oh, men's league with him, and I'll tell you what. Him stick-lifting me, I thought he broke my stick. He's that strong. So, all respect to you, Riles. And that's the thing, too, is, like, you, you when you play the NHL now, you're not like, hey, I'm going to go fucking beat the shit out of somebody. No, that, that's not your job anymore. You know, and you know the risk you're taking to play in the NHL. Yeah. Or professional hockey league in the AHL. You you know it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's kind of one of those things that they're, they basically are what a lot of people say are. They are literally ice warriors because – the mentality before the night of the game, I, yep. I guarantee you half these guys can't really sleep because, like, you know, either they fought two games ago, they're still healing from that, and they know the next game, they're like, well, you know, if something goes down, I got to go. Yep. So I give them a lot of respect, and it's not an easy job, and it takes a toll on the brain and also the body, and we also lost a lot of good players due to mental illness because of this, and... That's a Absolutely. lot of things that the NHL doesn't really talk about, but a lot of you know hockey players want to talk about. Um, and I think that that subject definitely needs to be touched a lot um, down the road, or at least up, I should say. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you one thing to touch on a better subject. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is it, we brought it down here a little bit. We got we got deep on this shit. Let's, yeah. Let's bring, so let's bring it back up. Touch a better subject. Um, a lot of people can argue. Um, inline hockey makes ice hockey players better, or ice hockey players make inline players better. Um, what would you say is your opinion on that? 
All all I gotta say is Max Halverson and Joey DiMartino. Oh man, those kids were disgusting. That's all I gotta say. You know, those kids literally were so gross. I I think in you know, t- you know those two and you know, I you know like I I was huge in inline hockey before you know after my ice hockey was over and you know playing against like Pat Maroon and Bobby Ryan at Narch and shit like that. Like look at those guys. You know they 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 can play inline. They can play. It, it just makes them phenomenal ice hockey players. I think playing inline hockey generally helps ice hockey players. It's it's fast. Inline hockey's fast, and it's it makes your hands better, your feet better, your vision better. Also, it makes your awareness better because you know inline hockey's four on four, so that gives you more space and speed to to move up. So I, like I said, inline hockey will help you in the long run for ice hockey, and that and you know. With and like I said, with Max Max Halverson and Joey DiMartino, like I, I've known those kids since they were little, and I asked them to come play with the Rebels, and it was just like when we brought them in, our guys were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, they were like, "Oh, they're inline hockey players. What could they do?" And then when they came out, they were like, "Holy fuck!" Best part is, I think those kids didn't even tape their uh, their stick half the time. No, and Max <laughs> Max doesn't Max doesn't tape his stick when he plays ice hockey. Ay ay ay. It's crazy, too, because a lot of people can argue saying, like, oh, well, what happens when they get thrown in a 5v5 situation with offsides, with icing, and, like, they really can't stretch the zone as much. But, like, watching these two kids play, it pretty much changed my aspect of, like, my overall opinion of this. So, when you watch these kids, these two kids play, well, they played on the national team, correct? The U seventeen. Yeah, they play. They, they play. I believe they played nationals. I, I think so. I know Joey's brother PJ is playing with Team USA this this season this year, and uh, Max. They both play pro inline. I know that for sure. That's awesome. So. Yeah. It's fun to watch these kids play because, you know, we were our junior team. We were working with them for, what, a good five months at this point. Yeah. And they still couldn't make a simple breakout. And, you know, having these these two kids for literally the first time in a weekend, you know, watching them transition from the defensive zone, going to the neutral zone, going to the offense zone was so smooth. And they come down and they score. And, you know, I look over at TJ. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, who are these kids? <laughs> So, yeah, I would say definitely that these two roller kids definitely changed my aspect of that whole opinion. Like, I don't really think roller does shit for ice players. No, but it really does. It really shows that these kids can really, you know, take advantage of gaps and use speed to the outside and cut in. Because a lot of ice players, they, they want to have very good hands. But I'm sorry, playing with a lighter puck gives you, like, better hands in my eyes. Absolutely. So, for them to come over and play, it was just watching them, you know, thread the needle half the time. But um, I'm trying to also think about, like, when they used to, like, you remember when they used to come down and just do kind of, like, the between the legs and everything like that? Yeah. Dude, every single time AZ did that, it was like they almost poked him 90% yeah. of the time. Oh, yeah. I, I just never understood why, though, because he was such a Euro player. you think he'd be, like, so fluent with it. I, I agree. But <laughs> hey, that's hockey. But also with the whole Cam uh, Cam Talbot thing, what is your whole idea or opinion with that? With him getting traded to us? I. <laughs> what do you think? I, I I I don't get it. I 
now what are you going to do with Elliot Neuwirth and McKenna? I don't know. That's, let, that's me the... just, let me just say though, if if Cam Talbot does dress a game and get yeah. and get some playing time, the Flyers will set a uh, a record with eight goalies in one season. I just don't understand that. Why is this such a revolving door with our goaltenders? You know, it's like consistent injuries, trades. Then we get rid of Hextall. Then it's like, all right, well, now we get rid of Stoli. And I forget, some men's league guy was telling me yesterday, you know, you get rid of a goaltender that has like a 9-2-4 save percentage, and then you get a goaltender that has like an 8-7 save percentage. And you're also getting a goaltender that's, I think, what, three, four years older than, yeah, you know, Stoli? Yeah, so I- it's... I know, I know a family. Yeah, a family friend of mine, my my brother in law's good friend. He's a huge Ranger fan. He's like, oh, you know, you guys are lucky. You got a decent goalie in Philadelphia. Finally, I'm like, the guy fucking blows. Like, the only reason why he looks so good is because he had such a phenomenal team in front of him. <laughs> like he he was good with the Rangers. You know what I mean? Like I get it. He was good with the Rangers. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna not not discredit him on that, but like. I'm just I'm not a big fan of it. I'm I'm not. I, yeah, me, to me I to me I would have kept Stoli. I, I really would. And you would think if like even if you got rid of Stoli, you would at least maybe get a draft pick out of that as well. But I mean, I don't really know what we're thinking up there in the GM you well, know, again, role. But again, we got McKenna, Neuvirth, and Elliot. <laughs> how much? How much payroll is that? That's got to be what. <laughs> Five, five, seven, five, six million a year at least, and uh, I don't know, man. That that's the thing. It's kind of like our sounds like our junior team with how many goaltenders we had. It's a joke, joke. <laughs> so, uh, you remember? Oh my god! Speaking of our junior team, I want to change back over there. Remember when we were in North Carolina, and you remember <laughs> that story where that guy OD'd. Oh, can yeah. you explain that? Because I was late to that. All right. So to the audience doesn't know, we were down in North Carolina playing the Golden Bears. Great name. Uh, myself, Mike, and my our assistant coach, Joe, went out to eat, went to some barbecue shack down there one night, came back, and as the Uber drops us off, there's like – what six seven police cars seven ambulances and two fire trucks and i'm like i go to the front desk and i go please tell me this isn't my guys and they're like no no it's good some guy just overdosed on drugs i'm like oh my oh okay cool where where the (laughs) fuck are we staying at right yeah and you and i were like all right we gotta do room checks so we do room checks right checking out everybody's good everybody's sleeping you know we wake up the next morning, right? And you remember this, and, and I, you, you and I were sitting there, or standing there, getting our breakfast, because we had our own special bar for the Rebels, and this fucking guy walks by us with a wristband, and I'm like, he go, looks at me, and you goes, don't do drugs. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the motherfucker that OD'd. That OD'd. He had a hospital bracelet on it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and he was cracked out. The guy was itching his face, itching his neck. Oh, my God. You, and I'm like. Were we in Raleigh? Yeah, yeah. We were in Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> right. Don't right. go to Raleigh, folks. Yeah. Like, that, was the same, that was the same trip we saw that hit and run. Yes. Yes. And we helped that old lady. <laughs> oh, and, my uh, God. 
And uh, to go back to it, and I, I told the guys, man, the next morning, they were like, oh, what's going on? What's going What happened last night? I looked at the guys and I looked at them. I go, just don't do fucking drugs in life. You'll end up like this fucking guy. And he asked us for food. Remember, he asked us for food yeah. at the park? I'm looking at him like, go fuck yourself, man. This is our food. Dude, he was just so fucking creepy, man. Like, And I'm pretty sure he had a girlfriend there, too. That yes. like, Yeah, she was walking around with him. And I, <laughs> I, I dude, it, it, was, it was a fucking shit show. Yep. <sighs> Otherwise, and then. When we uh, remember when we had to call nine one one, took her like thirty five minutes to find us. It's like yes. buddy, have GPS. Yeah. So, to, so so that story too is we, Joe, myself, and Mike went to uh, it was a place called Biscuitville, USA, I believe. Something like that. It's it was oh, a biscuit God. place. And good lord. And we went to breakfast. We're walking back down the street, and we hear you know screeching tires. And we look over, and this lady's freaking the fuck out. You got these two drivers with this goddamn, you know, fender hanging off. He spins around. That goes into oncoming traffic. We run over to the lady, and she's freaking out. And we call 911, and then literally, I, I shit you not, took it 45, 47 minutes for them to get there. <laughs> then, you know, Mike, Mike's real nice to this lady, and she's like, oh, I got to go an- open the dance studio. And we all look at each other, and we're like, wait, she owns a strip joint? <laughs> yeah, this lady looks like a solid mid-50s. And we're like, yeah. all right, lady, like, you get down like that. And she's like, oh, no, it's for, like, hand crystals. It's for, <laughs> we're it's like, for aroma, aromatherapy. <laughs> we're like, what the believe. fuck? Completely didn't think that. Listen, that just proves that we got our head in the gutter halftime, but that's all right. All right, so let me uh let let let's let's touch this up. We got a we got a special guest today, okay? Oh gosh, who do we got? We got, we got, a, we got, a, we got a special guest today. Uh oh. Gotta wait till he answers here, and then uh, if he answers, we'll go we'll go on this list this subject right here. Oh, he better answer. Oh, I, he's got to answer here. I told him to be ready. How was your week? How was your uh, How was your weekend, man? What you, What you have doing besides working the uh, the tournament? Oh man, you know what? I got my tax return done today. And, oh wait, uh, here he is. Is this Tucker? Hey, what's up, guys? Tucker, oh, listen, man. We got we're on the subject here of uh, locker stu- locker room stories with the rebels, and we wanted to bring you on for that. Oh god. Oh, this would be great, Mike. You can you can touch on this. <laughs> so, Tuck. What would have to be your most memorable story with our junior team? Oh, you know, it's hard to pick just one given how many stories there really are surrounding the team. <laughs> Buddy, you can spit out whatever you want. Hey, man, but, the podcast, no holds barred. So, yeah. But my favorite has to be the time that we cut practice about 30 minutes early to go in and discuss an issue with a goalie we had on our team. All right, let's touch okay. on that. So as TJ's ripping into this kid about his play and his attitude and like his work ethic on everything, we have Tristan Dzinski sitting off to the side talking into like a skate holder. <laughs> like he's on the phone with his mom. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> laughing. TJ's trying to keep a straight face and nobody can do it. Oh, no. That poor kid, man. And that kid, I swear to God, I felt so bad for that kid. Because I was telling TJ last time, all he ever did was just come down, rip clap bombs, 
And the kid eventually just got so scared and fed up with it, he just walked out of the net. He, he just couldn't so handle pissed. it. Mentally, he was never there. No, he wasn't. Would you? What would I? Let me let me ask you this. What would have to be probably the worst game that you had to play f- for the Rebels? The worst game I played for the Rebels? Yeah. It was either I a won't... home game against Apple Corps or definitely on the road when we were in Boston for the showcase when I had just recently broke my sternum. Dude, but that uh, – you remember that that Vermont or Lumberjacks kid, that Domi kid? Oh, my God. Dude, that kid was sick. He was good. He was amazing. He well, was a me, very good let D, me, man. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question, though, that this became a trend with you, Tucker, is uh, when we were in North Carolina and we had an incident in the locker room with a stick. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. Okay. And then you, do you want to tell everybody what your uh, ritual was every time in between periods before I got in there? Well, we, obviously, we weren't a top team in the league, and scores were generally. Tucker, we were players. bottom of the fucking barrel. What do you mean? Nowhere near top. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat that shit. Yeah, no, we were terrible. But, anyways, every period, like at the end of every period, I'd be the first one into the locker room to start hiding my sticks, my equipment, and garbage cans so TJ couldn't throw anything. <laughs> that sounds pretty fair. Merlin, North Carolina, whose stick was it that you came in and grabbed and just started smashing? Couldn't even break it. It was, it was, it was Keyshawn's stick. <laughs> yeah, it was Keyshawn's stick, but Donato thought it was his stick, and he got all pissed off about it. And he realized, oh, wait, it's not even my stick. Oh, not even mad. <laughs> wait, speaking of Donato, thanks for never coming back, you piece of shit. <laughs> dick move. <laughs> fucking asshole oh yeah i'll be back okay but no that whole north carolina trip was just a shit show in the making (laughs) all right yeah well let's let's hear it what from your perspective what was the like explain it from start to finish from my perspective it was just a frustrating weekend i mean obviously north carolina was another team that wasn't very good and we had a solid chance at beating them we went out in the first period of the first game and set the pace, kind of set the tone when everything was looking good. And then second and third period, we kind of took a shit again and everything went downhill from there. Sounds like our entire season. Anyway, go ahead. All 20 games we played. Yep. It's great. But so to top, to top the night off, we're all sitting in a, my room, actually. It was me and a couple of the guys and we see a fire truck pull up outside. <laughs> We literally, we literally just touched on this. It was crazy. <laughs> oh my god! Fire trucks outside, and the first thing that's going through my mind is what dumbass did what? Yep. Somebody's, the same thing. Somebody's burning down the hotel right now. <laughs> to have it be that some guy down the hall just OD'd on drugs. <laughs> Coming down the hallway in the gurney, and he's giving us all thumbs up, looking at us. <laughs> Wake up the next morning and go to breakfast, and sure shit, there he is walking around and looks at us because he remembered us from the night before. Looks at us all in the eyes, and he's like, "Don't do drugs, kids," and just walks. <laughs> happened. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Oh my god, we literally just talked about that. That's so hysterical. All right, Tuck. While we while we got you on here before we before we let you go, is um, 
I wanted to talk to you about last night with the UFC fight. All right. Which Let, fight are you talking about? What fight do you think I'm talking about? I'm guessing you're going with uh, Scott's fight against Nick Blood. That was bullshit, eh? It was, honestly. Like I said to you, I told you it was like watching Floyd Mayweather just run around the ring in his boxing matches. But it, was, it, was, it was an absolute... Lentz just grabbed him and pinned him up against the cage and wouldn't really give him any chance to move around, do anything. I mean, to me, you know, he could have called the fucking cops for rape because that's all he was doing was raping his fucking leg. Yeah, pretty much. The fucking joke. I mean, it, it's... Scott fucked that guy up and, you know, it's it's very... Very disappointing the ref didn't jump in to fucking break that break those uh holds up. Yeah. I mean he held him for a solid two minutes for most of the rounds and didn't oh, give yeah. Scott any opportunity to do anything. He could barely defend it. He couldn't get any offense going either. So. All right, brother. Well uh Mike and I thank you for joining. There'll be there'll be future episodes where we'll have you on. Thanks, shithead. Miss you. Miss you too, Mikey. All right, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Later, dude. That was nice having Tucker on. Hey, Tucker's a beauty. Fucking kid. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask him how to feel holding a trophy the first time <laughs> in your career. <laughs> Fuck. So, so let's – um. well, you you want to stay on the EHL topic or do you want to go with, uh, you know, your favorite player growing up, your most hated player? You tell me, Mike. Um – I'll tell you what, I'll do probably like EHL scene right now, or at least junior scene, just okay. because I'll tell you right now, I've always been a defenseman growing up. I've never been a big D man. I've never really been, you know, the most physical one, but it was kind of like one of those things that you pick up on where you're like the better at. So obviously your gap control or you're very smart with like, you know, defensive zone and stuff like that. And the one player, like I talked about earlier, this kid's name's Domi. He literally plays for Vermont Lumberjacks. And I'm not even trying to, like, suck him off or anything right now. But this kid, literally, watching him play was very – it was fun to watch him play just because I watched him also in showcases against, you know, uh, New Hampshire Avalanche, who was, yeah. you know, the defending champions last year against the Philadelphia Revolution, Little Flyers. So I was following him for a little bit pretty much all season. And this kid has so much potential, I think, to actually play, like, NCAA D1 somewhere or at least go play in the O or, like, you know, the Q. Just because the kid's IQ and the way he moves the puck and the way that he can actually keep his head up and his head on a swivel. Yeah. And he just makes very smart, quick passes. If he sees a gap, he'll take advantage of it. And, you know, if he doesn't have anything, he'll get it deep and he'll just make a simple line change. But, like, in retrospect, you don't have a lot of players in the EHL that are very well disciplined and also, um, you know, as solid as he is. And he's those one of he's like that type of defenseman that he's not a really big hitter, but yeah. he's very in your face. You touch that blue line, he his sticks in your in your way. You know what I mean? Golf. He's basically pushing you off, angling you off. And I would kill to have that kid on my team, to be honest. I I hear you, and I mean. To me, I, I and I'm gonna say my my opinion. Who I I really really like in the EHL is uh, Jack Lane with the 87. Yeah, that kid has some. And, and to go back with Jack, Jack Jack's also a uh, in inline player himself. Really? That's how I met Jack. Jack, he's he's played with Joey and Max, and I I've, I've refed him when he was younger. So 
I didn't even know Jack kid, played in line. That's yeah, awesome. Jack, Jack's a big in line guy as well, and you know the the kid the kid doesn't doesn't stop. Nothing phases the kid when you play him. He's gotten called up to the NA a couple times a season with the Titans. Wow. Yeah. So to I play mean, some I, NA hockey around here. That's that's something to be proud of too, because not yeah. a lot of kids get that shot. And the kid, the kid's got it all, man. And he, he's young enough to where, you know, he's got a lot and full potential to do some great things in hockey. He really does. Have you followed any, like, goaltending at all this season for the I, EHL? The only thing I saw for goaltending EHL-wise would be, you know, the, the kid from the Little Flyers. And obviously, you know, since they only lost three games, you know, it's he, he's doing a great thing. They're doing yeah. both his goal to goal. You're doing great things. But to me, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. The only really goaltender I've been following is Chico. Yeah. Chico. You know, and, you know, that's, that's who I've been really following. So, and that's, that's where that goes. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. It's nice to see the kids that actually that used to play for us and that moved on to other teams. It's nice to actually hear them doing well and yeah. progressing, I should say, you know, and, who knows where he's going to go play afterwards. But like I said, the last podcast, I, you know, I only hope good things for him and also the rest of the guys that played for us that Absolutely. weren't shit bags. Yeah. I know. I know that, you know, seven, six or seven of our guys went to another team now. And I know when they won the first game with them, they were like, Holy fuck, you know, this is what winning feels it's like. It's a reality check. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's crazy. And, you know, and when they lost the game with them, it, it didn't phase them. You know what I mean? So it was like, they were like excited to win a game, and then when they lost, it was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we're used to it." You know, yeah, it's it, like they're it, mentally prepared. Yeah, it, it didn't phase them at all. But it's and that's another thing that I'm gonna say about Chico is like he was such a small goaltender, but he was so unbelievably aggressive, which made it like like our goalie coach even told us he's like that could be an issue. But in reality, like when it came to game time situations, he had to be aggressive because the puck was just coming at him so quick and like. You know, he was at yeah, one side of the post, and then you see him diving across the other side and going post to post and making this miraculous glove save. And you're just like, dude, how the hell are you yeah. doing this? Like, yeah, that's why, you know, and it was so tough for him because he had 80-plus shots almost every game just because our defense wasn't around. He got hung out to dry halftime. Nikita was going looking around for food on the ice, bro. Pigeon. <laughs> Pigeon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love Nikita. Love him. <laughs> yeah, Nikita. I still have to wear gloves when I touch your gear. Just saying. <laughs> but, hey, anyway. No big deal, right? Who needs no a big shot? Deal. No big deal. <laughs> but uh, other than that, man, um, I don't really have much more to touch up on. I mean, I, I, that's about it. I mean, you uh... – you just want to touch up on one more subject or no? We could bring another guest in here. Yeah, let's let's hear it. Let's do it. All right, here we're going we're going to bring him in. Hold on. So yeah, man, the the, the Pocanos was great this weekend. I had a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, I heard uh how to go. You didn't eat shit, right? I didn't die, so we're good. We're good, man. It's pretty solid. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I used to snowboard. And last time I snowboarded, I got, I well, put it this way. I ate a lot of snow. Yeah. So, 
I ended up selling my snowboard, and I got over that, and I focused on hockey, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pro hockey player one day. I realized that, well, I wasn't good enough, so. Keyshawn, oh, you there, buddy? God. Yeah, what's up, guys? Hello, brother. Hey, we're, uh, we got one more topic left here on our podcast, and we wanted to bring you on. Oh, cool. Appreciate it. All right, so we're going to go with uh, cancer players on junior teams, and we want your thought on it. All right. Um, yeah, like, you definitely, I think uh, – there are guys that you get that you know, really don't help your locker room succeed or um, don't help you guys win. They just bring down team morale and they, they just cause problems from jump. So would you say would you say there was issues when you were on the Rebels or no? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. We have to have one guy in particular that like really. Um, really caused us more problems than he did, you know, help there was more of a detriment than he was to help us on the ice. You know. So what, what would you, what would you say? Would you, would you address it yourself when you were on a team with a guy with cancer or would you bring it up to the captain or the coach? Uh, me personally, uh, I we know, we, we know, we know you wouldn't do anything cause you're soft as baby shit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor, poor fucking Keish. <laughs> All right, Keish, what would you do, man? I want to hear this. No, yeah, I just I, – I think, like, the best way to go about it, especially when you feel a guy's bad, bad is to try to make it a team effort, you know? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know if one guy um, would get through to a guy like that. I think it has to be a team effort to try to correct the situation because I don't know if there's a whole lot of one guy could do. Personally, me, but um, I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's really what I would think about it. It's just try to you know carve it out as as unified as a team as you can get. Because um, like I said, one guy I don't think is really gonna change much for a guy that wants to be a disruption and whatnot. So, no, I can respect that. That's, that's what I would do. Put it this way: as long as you're I know not there's playing, there's definitely some guys on our team that uh would go and try to handle it themselves. You know, we got some pretty pretty vocal guys in that locker room. So, so let me let me just say something here. I'm not condoning yeah, this, think? but uh for you young cats, uh if you know what locker boxing is, handle it that way. For you junior kids, if you don't want Dude. some if you don't like someone on, you know, a, your team, go on the ice, handle it yourself. Keep if it. not, bring it to the coach. So, so Keish, uh, Mikey and I want to know how it felt the trophy yesterday. Hello? Keish. Did we lose him? I I think we lost him. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Mikey, take it it away, bud. Well, then on that note, everyone, we appreciate you listening to Dusty Dimes episode number two. Uh, We hope you stay tuned for next week's episode to just keep you touched up on everything. So follow us on Instagram at Dusty Dimes one two five was it one two five eight? Yes, sir. Or one two five six. One two five six. Dusty Dimes one two five six to keep you guys posted week to week. Um, hope you guys enjoy this and thanks again. Have a good one. Bye bye.